and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Beer Geeks. I should say good afternoon. It's very, very nice to be back after my weekend maternity leave. How you boys doing? Living the dream? Excellent. You look yeah, wonderful baby. today, Billy. You look you look smashing yourself. Thank you very much. I feel very nice and warm, fuzzy inside. I love being a looking room full around of men complimenting well, well, one another. Yeah. It's about time you we man, can feel comfortable you, with this, you. right? Yeah, I can smell the musk in here. Excellent, excellent. Okay, we're overflowing with testosterone. Might be some estrogen floating somewhere left over from the past week, but it's all good. Um Glad to be here, guys. We have a wonderful show well, ahead of us. Back, Thank you, off. man. It's a beautiful summer. Been enjoying it with my daughter, and I'm glad to be back here. And we have a fabulous show for my return. I'm very much looking forward to hearing it because I've read reviews that Dirty Derek has written in the past about Southern Tier Brewing Company, and he is quite fond of the beers that you're drinking today. Yeah, we have some really good ones from them, too. Which Excellent. Nice. And you are going to be speaking with the brewmaster, yep. Dustin Hazer, a little bit later on in the yes, show. Sir. But before we get to that and before all these fabulous gentlemen share their opinions about the fine brew that they have in the studio here today, get to the beer news, Dirty Derek. Yes, sir. So this week, uh, first I want to tackle some numbers. Now, the whole craft beer boom we are very well aware of, especially in this room. But just some numbers I want to throw at you because they just came out with some new uh, releases on modern breweries. Now, 2008... Let's just go back in time. At that point, there was 1,574 breweries open in the U.S. Right now, there is 3,739 currently opening. And uh, that's just continuing to grow. So, I mean, that's over double in six years the amount. Now, the one thing that's interesting, I'm going to throw out to you guys. What state do you think has the most barrels of beer brewed right now, if you're to throw out? California. Is that the consensus? Uh, Pennsylvania. Ding, 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 yeah. ding. Yeah, Pennsylvania is the number one. We actually right now are at 4,074,883. I just need to look at this room for <laughs> proof, you know. <laughs> now, second is California with 3,423,124 barrels. Now, they all, the one thing that they do have in California is the most amount of breweries at 431 right now. Uh, third is Colorado. This is the big drop-off because with Colorado being 30, you have 1,673,686 barrels produced. So, I mean, that's a big drop from first to third. Uh, now, the most breweries per capita is one that some may know if you've been paying attention to what's going on. What do you guys want to throw on that one? Per capita. North Carolina. Billy? I'll go with Matthew on that one. Vermont. Whoa. That's what I was saying. Oh, yeah. if you're, yeah. Vermont is at 8.6 right now. All so those they, crunchy they are, granola. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> those hippies are leading the way. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's who, who's up there now. I mean, that, and that's one I was saying. If you're paying attention, I mean, Vermont is kind of the growing hub for a lot of the craft beards going on. You know, we know Hetty Topper and everything in Hill Farmstead Lawson, and Lawson's. Yeah, Lawson's yeah. And all these breweries up there are really starting to take off. And there's a lot going around that and new breweries that are opening up. So I mean, that, you could definitely see if you've been paying attention that that's uh, growing. And it's a smaller state too. So I mean, you per capita, you don't have as many people and you have a fair amount of breweries and you're going to kind of have that happen. Now, the other thing I want to tackle is, uh, we talked about it on here a while ago, the Blue Moon lawsuit that, uh, you know, some phenomenal guy decided to throw on there about them not being craft. Uh, Miller Coors finally decided to have an answer to this. And I want to read this to you because it's an interesting reply and just see what you think, see what you get out of this. Uh, this is the, the reply that they gave. Miller Coors is tremendously proud of Blue Moon and has always embraced our ownership and support of this wonderful brand. The class action suit filed against Miller Coors in California is without merit and contradicted by Blue Moon Brewing Company's 20-year history of brewing creative beers of the highest quality. There are countless definitions of craft, in quotations, none of which are legal definitions. We choose to judge beer by the quality, skill, and passion that goes into brewing it. And they go back into the history and blah, blah, blah. Uh, today, Miller Coors is proud that Blue Moon has invited millions of drinkers to try something new while helping pave the way for the current explosion of creativity in the brewing community. I'd have to say well said. Um, I'm hearing a lot of... Uh we don't have a definition definition for craft, so you can suck it. And there's uh, a lot of <laughs> look over there. That's yeah. what I get out of it. Like, don't just take a look over there. 
And like, and that, that's that that is the one thing that uh, I think some people don't fully grasp is there is no legal definition of craft. It's it's defined within the guidelines uh, for ourselves in the Brewer Association, but there is no legal definition of craft. So I mean, to sue someone on that. That's a whole different thing. There's nothing to hold up in court. And that, that, I mean, that's the that's what the crux of the issue here is. Yeah. Because you know, if you're gonna like literally, you're gonna take someone to court, spend time, money, resources over something that it's it's it's. I guess it, you want to say it's consumer based. Yeah. Well, it's, it's in their own. It's it's in your own opinions and values of what craft is. So. And I, I think what it's going to happen is eventually, did that law go through with the tax rebates for uh, barrels produced? Remember I don't think that they, about that. I think it's still kind of hanging out there. It looks like it's going That's to. That's going to be the definition, I think, yeah. between top, middle, and bottom. So eventually there's going to be a loosely based legal yeah. standpoint for But as what far as slapping, is. his whole thing was that that's what's slapped on the label. And it's yeah. like, well, that's, you know, I mean, that's like people putting, you know, natural and yeah. trying to patent it, but that's a whole loosely based yeah. thing. It's not a legal definition. There's a lot of leeways around that, but we'll see. It was just interesting to see that that was their response, and it really, to me, I, I didn't get anything out of it. So, all right, so I'm going to get some new beers. Now, we were talking about this before. Uh, Stegmeier, our local brewery, has Grand Hoppa Double IPA. is finally starting to hit the market now. It's an 8.9% ABV, 110 IBU, big boy. And that's coming out of Stegmeier, a very old historic brewery, uh, very established in our area, and they're starting to really come out with this new cellar series. So let's see where that one goes. Uh, Stone, this is my favorite project that they do, the Stochasticity Project. Uh, I just really wanted to mention this one because of the name, and uh, we'll see what you think if you get this. Uh, it is a new one. It's called Your Father Smelt of Elderberries. Monty Python? Nobody? Oh, yeah, nobody. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll see where that one goes. It's kind of like an old angle ale, and they're, they're basing it on. That was what a lot of uh, brewers used back then was elderberries. Uh, Goose Island has a new one coming out called <laughs> Shred the Gnar. <laughs> it's a IPA with cherry juice and lemongrass. I mean, say what you want about Goose Island, but they still have put out some Shred really the good beer. Like yeah. Shred the Gnar. Where, where's that like name coming from? That sounds familiar. Uh, I I know it's like a snowboarding term, I think, Is but it? I don't I don't know. I, I have to go back in time to really probably get the actual basis of it. And I would think that's probably like a '90s thing. I don't know. I'm not hip my '90s lingo anymore. Very gleaming the cube here. <laughs> <laughs> we need Christian Slater in here to explain what's going on. <laughs> so we have cracked open uh, the first bottle from Southern Tier. This is their live. It's an American pale ale, 5.5 percent. They always say it's great to start out with a good pale ale to just kind of get the basis of where everything's going with the brewery because that's a really clean beer and that's what you want out of it. Very light, mm. but some really wonderful hop aromas. And that, this is one that's nice because we've said on here before that line between pale ale and IPA is a very thin one that a lot of brewers have started to cross over to when they're calling something a pale ale and actually is a lot more hop forward than you would typically see in the style. But this is definitely a nice, really reserved one with some really nice fruit notes coming through. And I'm getting some like oranges and stuff like that. I don't know what you guys are. Yeah, it's got a real, actually beautiful nose, really nice, um, nice hop presence in the mouth and, and clean finish, nice and dry. Yeah. That's right. I mean, I, I like having it's it's sessionable without being too low ABV. Mm. Because that's that's clocking in it five point five. So I mean, it's still for some people that is a session beer. It's <laughs> we won't. Yeah, like Matt over here. That's his <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, like, what would be your you know maybe cut off like six, mid six five for him personally or, or what? I, I'm nineteen. Just, um, <laughs> uh, the uh, I, I, I'd go six probably for me. Yeah, I, I'd prefer it be lower, but I, I think a lot of people are, like are are drinkers. That are dedicated to drinkers, I'll put it that way. Like chuggers, yeah. <laughs> that that's usually what they'll do. Anything below that, they'll start calling a session. But for most breweries, what they're considering a session is five percent or under. Mm. That's kind of the cutoff when you start to see those. Are we getting into like legal definition again? Uh oh. Yeah. yeah. Billy's <laughs> going to sue. Quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> you said this was sessionable. <laughs> start seeing all these lawsuits coming out. Man, but yeah, it, that, that's usually where breweries when they're when they're getting those. That's where they're they're cutting them off at is at five percent. But I mean, this one's. Perfect, sessionable, heavy on the end of it. So you cats are all digging this, yeah? Starting out big. Yes, sir. Ed, you had a mouthful. What do you think there? I don't know if I can call you Polish Ed anymore either because (laughs) people are all upset. So um, Ed from the heritage of Central Europe. Whatever. (laughs) There you go. What do you think of the beer? This is very good. It's uh, like resiny hops. Uh, Like Derek said, I think this is uh, very very close to the borderline of pushing it to be an IPA. Excellent. 
Ed loves his IPAs. Loves IPAs. Yes, you do. Yes. There's always a little <laughs> twinkle in your eye when you're near one or something close to one. That's great. And with that being said, we're going to take a short break because we are going to be diving into deep conversation, I believe, Dirty Derek, yes. with Mr. Dustin Hazer from Southern Tier Brewing Company. Um, like I said, after we pay some bills here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour, WILK News Radio. For most companies, internet speeds are a game of chance. Like the phone company offering up to internet speeds. Chances are, up to means that speed is not available depending on your location. With Comcast Business, your business's internet connection speed isn't left to chance. That's because the speeds we offer are available across our entire network. No games, no chance. Game over. So call 866-704-8952 and get 25 megabit internet for $69.95 a month. Not up to the speed you pay for, all the speed you pay for. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends September 30th, 2015. Restrictions apply. New business customers only. Two-year contract required. Early termination fees apply. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. Require subscription to business voice and TV services. Call for details. All over America, people are taking the national radon test. Have you? Answer true or false. Radon is a radioactive gas. True. I didn't know that, no. True or false. The Office of the Surgeon General recommends that all homes be tested for radon. True. Your home should be tested. True or false, radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer. True. I'm going to dial the number and call. 1-800-SOS-RADON. Keep your family safe from radon. Call now. 1-800-SOS-RADON. Men, if you're like me, you appreciate the feeling of a clean, smooth shave from a quality blade. The sort of shave that cuts clean without the burn. So why are you messing around with generic razors that cost 32 bucks for an 8-pack? when you can shave with Harry's high-quality German-engineered blades for half the price. And if saving money and a clean shave isn't incentive enough, Harry's will give you their starter set, complete with a razor, three of their world-famous blades and shaving cream for just 15 bucks. And shipping is always free. We'll also give you five bucks off your first order. Our way of saying thank you for trying us. How are we able to save you all this money and still give you the best shave you'll ever enjoy? By owning the factory that manufactures them. That's how. So go to harrys.com right now and enter code 8800 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 8800. Change the rolling. Okay. One, two, three, four. I wish I was sitting in on those sessions with Grand Funk. How awesome would that have been? I don't know if you'd remember them if you did. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I believe they made this album before they faced their demons, so it must have been a lot of fun. They were really on top of the pops at that moment as well. Not that that has anything to do with what we're going to be talking about in the next couple of minutes, but I hope you enjoyed that few seconds of the legendary Grand Funk Railroad. And we are here ready to speak with our esteemed guest today from Ooh, Southern Tier Brewing Company, Mr. Dustin, H Dustin Hazer. He is the brewmaster. Dirty Derek, take it over. And Dustin, welcome to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Dustin, you there, bud? Dustin. Yeah. There he All is. Right. All right. Dustin, welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, good. How are you doing today? Hey, not too bad. It's not raining out here, so that's a first for the summer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got one plus going for you. So that's right. As we get into this, let's just take a jump back. Now, when did uh, Southern Tier first open? Uh, so it was founded in 2002, and then the uh, official grand opening was April 2003. Okay. When, now, when did were you online with them from the beginning, or when did you start with them? Yeah, I took over up there about four years ago. I've uh, been around the... You know, the place, though, and I've known him and worked with, actually, the founder's brother-in-law going back, though, all the way to right around there. So okay, kind of been around it since since it's been up and rolling. So when the, the brewery first opened, I mean, you guys have a very vast, extensive portfolio now. What, what were kind of the initial core beers that Southern Tier built themselves on? Well, there are four original brands, and of those four brands, there's only two that still remain and, and are still actually unchanged as far as the recipe goes. But... uh 
So there's a mild, the Pilsner, uh, IPA, and Porter. Those are the original four. Uh, at that time, people really weren't sure what a mild was, so that kind of fell off the map pretty quick. And Pilsners are, you know, lengthy as far as fermentation time goes, so that one kind of fell off the track too. But our IPA and our Porter are still around to this day. And, uh, the recipes haven't changed in either of those, and, and right now IPA is one of our, our number one brands, and it's one of our, our new core brands. Yeah, that, that's definitely a style that's taken off all over. So now when you guys, when it, when it first started, were they kind of going, I mean, I don't know if you still consider yourselves one of these, like, was it kind of more English or, or German in, in orientation with where you were going? It's really more of a blend of American and English than anything. Okay. So, you know, the, the IPA is a, is a classic American-style IPA, first-generation Sea hops, the Cascade, Columbus, Centennial, Chinook. Um, you know, since then, you know, over the last you know thirteen to fifteen years, there's been a lot of new hops that are in the market now. But those are the the key first generation so now, ones, if you will. Now, prior to being a Southern Tier, what was your work experience within the brewing industry? Like, what led you down that path? Uh, I worked uh, at a ten barrel brew pub, and about like eight hundred to a thousand barrels a year before, and then. Uh, after that, I was out in Phoenix, Arizona at a, a decent-sized brewery out there, production and brew pub. Made about 40,000 barrels. And then, uh, you know, I have known Finn, the founder here for a while, and called up and offered me the opportunity to come and take over up here. So I uh, ended up back in Lakewood, New York. So now, what, when you first started there, what, what was the first beer that you did that was, was your baby, your, your recipe? Well, we really tried to make it a, a team effort, a collaboration, you know, like the just pinpoint on one person, you know, making them. So a lot of the ideas come up when we're, we're hanging around, having a beer and the empty pint, and then we kind of just formulate it from there. So we really kind of like to make it, you know, so everyone's involved, and we got a really good team of people there too. So well, That's much more enjoyable team meeting too as well, I will say. <laughs> oh, certainly, yeah. <laughs> so now when you first moved up there for that, what was the size of the brew house that you were moving into from where you were? So uh, when I got there, we were running a 20 and a 30 barrel brew house side by side. So combined for 50 barrels, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, before that, I was on a 20 and then a 40 uh, out west. And then uh, my kind of big project when I came out here was, you know, in, in commissioning and installing a 110 barrel uh, automated system that's there now. So that is that the size of the brew house now? You're at 110. Yeah, and we kept the 30-barrel system for pilot batches and beer week beers and, and one-offs in the pint. Wow. So now how, how many, like, core, like, year-round beers are offered by Southern Tier? Like, right now, like, what's that lineup look like, like, number-wise? We really have a lot of brands. Uh, you know, we're over 30 brands uh, year-round in seasonal uh, continual offerings. But, you know, our core four brands that we, you know, have all the time are, are IPA, our 2X IPA, our live pale ale, and our new right away session IPA. Wow, so definitely the IPA. So you know, as far as like sales numbers goes, what what of those is the most dominant? Is it the double IPA or the IPA? What kind of outsells? Uh, that's actually a really good question. The uh, the double IPA was our number one brand, and then just this year, the IPA has really kind of taken off and just just starting to edge it out. So it's it's an interesting story there too because that beer's been around for so long yeah that's what i was gonna say like that's interesting that start that's starting to catch up now and that was one of your core to start with yeah and it's i think that's people's perception of the the beer and and how its consumers palate has really progressed and and gotten more refined over the last you know 10 plus years you know before when it first came out it was considered this probably over the top aggressive almost west coast style ipa when people really didn't know what ipas were more or less and then the recipe stayed the same, and then now people kind of perceive it as being a more balanced uh, IPA, but the recipe the same. That's what I was just going to say. Do you think it's more people that are starting to fall back to that after going big or that the, the initial getting into? Because that's always a style it's interesting to see someone try for the first time when they're not yeah. used to a hop. <laughs> do, do, you yeah. see, do, you, do you see it being one way or the other, or is it, you know, you're kind of, that's a step I, removed from you, but. No, I, I mean, I see that as being, it's, it's really a, a mixed 50-50 split. I mean, you have the guys that have, you know, really been, you know, on this second resurgence of the craft beer scene since the middle, you know, early 2000s, and then, you know, they're kind of dialing it back a little bit, and, and they might even be going even more towards the session IPA more than anything, but then you have the, the new introductory level craft beer drinker who wants to try something out, and it's almost the quintessential style for craft beer, and, you know, it's it's not over the top. It is a really nice balanced beer, a little over 7%. It's hoppy, but it's not, 
you know, smack you in the mouth aggressive either. So I think it's it's a little bit of both. It's, it's the new people coming into it and, and also the people that are kind of dialing it back a little bit. Yeah, that's what makes it interesting is when you when you throw someone a, a double IP and never had it before and just watch that face that they make. <laughs> it's always an enjoyable time. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, feeding a, an infant a lemon. And yeah. <laughs> How dare you, Dustin? <laughs> so now, uh, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> now, this might be a stupid question, but I'm just thinking for people that aren't used to this. With doing the a variety of beers that you have, is it for you when you come into the brew house a constant chess game, or do you have you know certain beers are designated to certain you know vessels, and or is it a constant like battle of trying to keep up and you're, you're moving around, bouncing vessel to vessel, doing what you can, or is it a little more? I mean, I know you have a little more ironed out now. Otherwise, you you probably wouldn't be alive right now to talk to me. You <laughs> you're not wrong. You're not. <laughs> um, that's a good question too. I mean, it's you know the, the vessel is going to be used for any different style, and we have you know since we've been growing over the last couple of years, you know, we've added some. And 660 barrel fermenters and the 880 barrel fermenters that are just gigantic, and you know we use those for more of our our big production stuff. You know, our more more common core items. And then we kind of can sprinkle the other ones around. But it's it's really it is a, it's a nonstop chess game. No matter you know how much planning you can put into it, you always have to try and be on the edge because you know, it's, from the minute you put something in that tank, you know you're you're tying it up for at least two weeks. So. You really have to be strategic as far as what you're brewing and when and and how much of it. Yeah, and you guys do a fair amount of like you know new beer releases periodically. How often are you putting new beers on on the market? Like I think x amount per year. Is there is there a thing set up or is it just you're you're testing them, seeing how they do, and then deciding when to release it? Uh, it's really there's no set formula for how many we're going to release in, in any given year. We really try to be receptive to you know our sales team and, and what we see out in the market and you know we're not really afraid to to jump in and try something you know and, and see if it if it works but we try to do our due diligence and, and making sure it's going to be you know style's going to be around for a while or is this going to be just a one-off to keep at the empty pint or tasting room and, and bar up at the brewery or or things like that but if it's a style we think you know we can run with then we try to, to plan it out and go from there you know there was one you came out, i think it was two years ago and you came out with goat boy and that was uh, absolutely phenomenal and you have a bunch of guys in here making the drooling face right now as i mentioned <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, oh, boy, that was uh that was one you know just kind of hanging out and, and having a couple beers and we were like oh let's give this a shot and i mean it was logistically it was a, a huge challenge um with uh, the particular yeast strain that we were trying to use and dialing around with how how to clarify it and, and we had what now we can call a lot of fun with it but you know it was definitely <laughs> retrospect <laughs> you can say that <laughs> yeah you know but it was you know you kind of you, know, you figure out the challenges as you go and, and that one is a fun one to do but you know we don't do a huge volume of it by any means yeah um but you know beers like that in our, our belgian lineup too you know we have a couple of those that we just do small volumes of as well so well, let me let me get a little personal with this because I'm just always interested in, in hearing what they have to say. Like, what for you? Like, where does the passion come from in this industry? Like, what is it that drives you to do this? Is it you know dealing with the people? Is like, what is it that drives you or that gives you that passion to get up and do this? Because it's not easy. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's 100. You know, it's the people. It's it's one of those industries that's very rare and unique in the way that it operates. You know, I was in pharmaceutical research before I went to to the Siebel and, and brewing school and got into this career and you don't you don't see the camaraderie amongst the brewers you know in, like in any other industry you know you don't people trading quote unquote secrets and, and giving each other advice just to help each other out like you do here um, you know sales guys they have their own little you know unit where they kind of compete against each other at brewery to brewery but you know, brewers will talk to each other freely and it's, it's just a fun industry and then you take the, the consumer into it and you know you get people that truly truly appreciate what you do day in and day out and to talk to them about it and to share experiences and stories it's you know, it's definitely one of the most humbling and rewarding experiences you can have in a job i think yeah it's definitely something as far as the collaborative effort you don't really see in many other industries as far as just a straight collaboration without uh you know really being more about the money and then the collaboration kind of revolves around that this is more straight you know brewers helping brewers and you see that constantly I mean, we see that with ingredients having to you know they lend to one another and trying to help each other out all the time that the business can be set aside which is a rarity in many other industries oh yeah absolutely and you know it's it's one of those things where you know even though the craft beer scene is growing at the rate that it is and it's getting really really crowded if you will or people think that it is you know in the grand scheme of things it's it's really not and we're such a small percentage of the total beer consumption you know, in, in the country that it's, 
we're all helping each other to make the best beer that we can because the more people that are drinking craft beer, you know, people that drink craft beer aren't necessarily the, the same people that are going to be loyal just to one brand and one brand only. They'll, they might be loyal to, you know, hey, you know, more times than not, I'll grab a Southern Tier six-pack, but, you know, I'm not afraid to dabble and, you know, grab a Firestone or a Stone, well, you know, whatever. Yeah, and then, then so, and everyone has an understanding with each other, which makes it so much nicer to have that because you, you see that constantly too, like brewers trying each other's beer. Like you don't really see the Coke guy going and seeing Pepsi's beer. You know, buying. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of a, a poo-pooed thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think they even made a commercial about that. Oh, I remember. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, they had. They, they made several that were great. <laughs> so the other thing like, in the brew house. Do you have a, a set music that you put on or, or that, that kind of is on repeat in the brew house that everyone likes? <laughs> oh, here we go. I really like this, this answer already. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question for sure. <laughs> you know, it really depends, you know, on, on who who has control of the, the stereo first. You know, usually let the guys kind of kind of pick and choose what they want to play. So it can be, you know, the most eclectic mix. You, know, you can walk in there one day and, and it's bluegrass and then it's classic rock and then, you know, it might be some, some metal. You, you never really know. Uh, so that's probably one of the, the other cool things about it. Unless it's some really terrible music, I won't change it. But, <laughs> you know, it's just, that's another thing. You know, you don't, you don't get to go into work every day and just have good music playing and, and kind of, you know, you're working, but you're, you're doing something you like, so it's a fun, fun experience with having the music cranked up. So yeah, you, you never really know. Yeah, and it's fun because it's like sometimes you hear that, like you know, uh, like we've had Surly on here, and like Todd's known for being the biggest metalhead player in the music industry, and we're talking about that with Omar, <laughs> and like you know, all those things that go on that it's just blasting like black metal like the whole time while he's brewing, <laughs> and like, you can see if someone was not into that. That's a genre that's going to kind of really get oh, yeah. old after a while, I guess we'll put it that way to some people. Yeah. So yeah, we have a pretty pretty good changeup constantly. So. We we cracked open some of the the two XIBA, which I wanted to talk to you about. Cause this is a brand new one, and was this just is this on the market yet, or is this starting to now trickle onto the market? The two XIBA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's I, I, a, the IBA. Sorry, IB. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a new release. I don't. I'm trying to figure out when that one is going to be released. If it's not released yet, it's in the next couple of weeks. Right now, the big one that just came out for the season is Pumpkin, obviously, but. Um, Obviously, the 2X IBA is out and ready to roll. So, I mean, it hits different markets at different times, too. But this is a brand-new brand. Um, we were kind of one of the first breweries to dabble into the, the black IPA category back several years ago and with Iniquity. And that was a great beer. It was fun. And then as the, the style kind of petered out a little bit, we decided to cut that brand and kind of haven't really thought about it for a couple of years. And then... We think that it's something that's going to come back a little bit, and we wanted to to change it up. So our fall, our two X fall lineup was the two X rye, mm -hmm. and you know we decided, hey, you know, as much as we like rye beers, maybe it's not you know uh, as big a thing as we thought, and it, you don't see a lot of rye beers out there. It's not a huge growing trend, so we went back to something that we kind of liked, and we messed around with the recipe a little bit, used a bunch of Equinox hops in there, which are nice and and aggressive and juicy and I used that in the, the 2X1 this year as well uh, it has like a nice almost grapefruity kind of note to it and I think it goes really well with the, the black malts that are in there and try to come it down right around 8% uh, as opposed to the iniquity which is 9 and, uh, make it just a little bit more drinkable with 8% drinkable I guess yeah, we already answered one question so I was going to ask you Are you where do you fall in the black IPA Cascadian dark ale uh, division of, <laughs> amongst many people <laughs> but you have already answered that one so the one thing I want to ask with, with doing this like because the, the the difference you're going to have is trying to find a good hop to match up with those roasted malts without it being accurate or, or off tasting. Like, what, what do yeah. you look for? Is your, I mean you said you, you chose Equinox like, what are you looking for that can offset those dark malts I mean, one of those things that you can kind of play around with is, is not only the hops, but also kind of what other malts you play around with. So we added some, some oat flakes in there, which soften up that kind of acidity from the dark roasted malts. And then also used a very specific uh, type of sugar called Muscovado sugar, which is specific to one sugarcane plant varietal, and it's got a very specific process that it's refined through. And it's almost like the first runnings of this sugar that's really nice, and it has a rich almost molasses-like character to it. It's very, not as heavy. And those things kind of combined help counteract the acrid 
notes of the roasted malt, and then to bring in the hop like Equinox, uh, Equinox and Amarillos, and those grapefruity, you know, juicy notes that those hops have, you know, really kind of take you around the corner, if you will, with the, the coffee and espresso notes without combating each other. Yeah. And then you, you tie in the oats and the muscovado sugar, and it really rounds everything out. Yeah, it's, it's definitely really nice. Now, Dustin, let's, uh, you mentioned pumpkin. Uh, what was the reasoning from going from bombers to 12-ounce bottles this year? That was the first time we've done that, right? Yeah, that's the very first time we've done that. And, you know, pumpkin we've been doing since 07, and it's been obviously a huge success story. And people have constantly asked, you know, hey, can you put this in a 12-ounce bottle? Sometimes we don't want to just drink a bomber of it, and then once you open it, you open it. And we've been hearing that for the last couple of years, kind of stayed away from it because we don't feel like it's a package that should be in a six-pack. Um, it's more something that should be enjoyed. So once we toyed around with the idea of, of okay, we can put it in a 12-ounce bottle, but let's put it in a four-pack. And that's, your, uh, that's Southern Tier's first four-pack ever, right? Absolutely, yeah. So we just... Uh, we made the call and we figured out what we had to do on our packaging line to get the parts in to be able to do four packs and we, we thought it was a good move and since we were able to, to get all the, the working parts in place to do it we figured we'll, we'll go ahead and do it and give people what they want and last year last year you dabbled with a little bit of a, a barrel age with the pumpkin and then you've done a couple of barrel age things do you have any more barrel age stuff coming through the system the shoot or we don't. We've been growing. I mean, we like to kind of joke around and say we're growing in dog years uh, because things <laughs> are happening so quick. You know, it's like, you know, 40 and 50% growth year after year. So it keeps us kind of busy and we've stayed a little bit away from doing the barrel age stuff, except for in the last year or so, what we did is we did get those rum barrels in for the rum barrel age pumpkin and we're starting to, to get a few more barrels collected. So up at the, the brewery now, i got about 250 or 300 barrels mixed of white wine, red wine, rum, bourbon, and some virgin oak barrels. And we're going to try, you know, just playing around with that and, and seeing what we can do. And if something really takes off, then we'll, well get on package it. it. Get on <laughs> it. Do, do you ever get any pushback from, like, getting pumpkin out in July? Is there, any, like, anybody ever, you know, get, do you ever get any pushback on that or? Yeah, and, you know, it's it's starting to die down a little bit. You know, a couple of years ago, we really started getting that. And not just us. I mean, everybody that, that releases it. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is it kind of goes back to the question you asked before about, you know, is it a chess game trying to figure out what goes where? Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is, like I said, it's two-week fermentation time at least. And if you want to make sure that people get the pumpkin you know, across the country in time to actually have it and keep up all your other brands, you have to brew it earlier and kind of mix it in there. Yeah. You can't brew it all right at one time. Otherwise, then now you don't have to excite an IPA and, and all the other good brands that we have. So, you know, it's just the reality of it. You have to have to get it out there and, you know, we have to make the, the call to contract our pumpkins actually in excess near the very tail end of the year before so we have enough to start this year and then we kind of roll into it that way. So, I mean, there's a little bit of pushback, obviously, but for the most part, people understand now. They're like, oh, yeah, if I actually want to have it, I yeah. and have all the other beers. Well, you, know, you, you are doing a, a wonderful job of playing chess, and uh, <laughs> we, we absolutely love the, the 2X IBA, so well done, and it's going to be great. Then, you know, people are going to be able to get that one soon, and we highly recommend it. And, uh, Dustin, I thank you so much for taking the time to join us on a Sunday afternoon. I know it's never an easy time because it's either your day off or you're in the middle of a crazy day. So I appreciate oh, you yeah. taking the time to give us a call. And we have some more beers to get into. So we're going to be doing that one. But thank you so much, sir. We really appreciate that one. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good rest of the weekend. You too. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Take it easy. Cheers. Very informative uh, interview there. Another good time. Sheds a lot of light. You can't stop having a good time on a Sunday afternoon, and the good time can continue for you if you want to head downtown Scranton now. Backyard Billy, I believe you will be making your way downtown soon today. Shortly enough. Are you having a Sunday afternoon off, possibly? Most likely a Sunday afternoon off. <laughs> okay, but will you be visiting? Yeah. Your, um, yeah. Well, actually, we kind of have some big news, a little bit of big news. Well, that's well, why I'm turning we're, this mic over to you now. Whoa. I want to hear about this big news. Well, man. we're actually, you know, today we're right here on the Beer Geeks. We're announcing our Fall Fest dates. Oh, so, ba -ba -ba. yeah. October. Wow. Get ready. October 9th, 10th, and 11th. So book it. October 9th, 
10th and 11th. And yes. I do believe you will be making the rounds in this building at that time. Yeah. You could be yeah. seeing a lot that's of Billy. A lot of Billy. <laughs> yeah, that's and it. That's what I'd like to hear. You, you can never get too much of me. Never get too much. <laughs> I should get a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> that's actually a fabulous idea, Derek. You can never get There's too much of me. There's a lot of me to go around. All but right. Yeah. Well, it's all quality. It's all A-list. There's nothing yeah, left yeah, for yeah. scrap with Backyard Billy. <laughs> no. Nothing at all. And that was wonderful. Good news, Billy. Thank you. We'll close out with those dates once again. Let everybody punch them into their Palm Pilot Ninth, so they don't forget. 11th. Yeah. You Palm can't forget that. 2001? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 1999. Some people are still carrying them. I saw a few. Nowhere near the Backyard Ale House, mm-hmm. but I saw a few Palm Pilots. So let's uh, just carry on and pay some bills here. You're listening to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK News Radio. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. CPAP.com now offers a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. For even more freedom, you can add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's called the Transcend Mini CPAP, and right now you can try it risk-free for 21 days by calling 1-800-504-6939. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Transcend's smallest and most advanced portable design ever. The mini CPAP is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. Enjoy the freedom to sleep comfortably anywhere. Call CPAP.com now for your 21-day in-home trial. 1-800-504-6939. That's 1-800-504-6939. If you could choose any school in the country to earn your college degree and be on your way to a better life, would you choose one the Wall Street Journal recognizes as producing some of the best qualified graduates? Or one the Princeton Review ranks as a leader in undergraduate education? Or maybe one the U.S. News & World Report names among the most innovative schools in the country? Now, you don't have to choose. At Arizona State University, we want to help you learn to thrive in life. At ASU Online, we offer over 100 graduate and undergraduate programs on your time and schedule. You receive the exact same curriculum, degree, and prestigious faculty as the on-campus students. And we're universally recognized as one of the innovators in online learning technologies. For information, call 1-800-578-2823. U.S. News & World Report ranked ASU in the top 10 best places to earn an online degree. So learn to thrive with ASU Online. Call today at 1-800-578-2823. That's 1-800-578-2823. Hey, man. Some impersonators are easy to spot. Others, like this guy here, pretend to be a utility worker or not. So if someone says they're with a the utility company, well, they need to enter your home. You tell them, no thank you. No thank you very much. Until you get a look at their company-issued photo ID. And if you still have a suspicious mind, call 911. Brought to you by the Keystone Alliance to stop utility imposters. This is WILK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet in Tunkhannock, PA. Stop by Sherwood to view full lines of Buick, GMC, and Chevrolet. That was an awesome selection. Yeah, baby. Low Spark. Low spark. We're getting sexy. Yeah, Low Spark. Come on, man. That was an awesome selection, <laughs> yeah. Kathy, Kathy Donnelly, for bringing us in. So, Dirty Derek, you have yeah, a giveaway you have would a, like to uh, share with the fine people out phenomenal here Phenomenal giveaway from Southern Tier Brewing Company. Right. Uh, you can get a shirt, some stickers, hat, nice. bottle opener, a really wonderful package. If you like to wear clothes and something on your head, then uh, this is the giveaway for you. If you want to give us a call, let's just do it. We'll do the first like we did last week. And it doesn't have to be a hat. It could be if you like wearing anything on your head. That's that's true. Right. If you want to put the shirt you on your said, head. Just the... like if you like anything on your head. Yeah. All right. But you can put the hat somewhere else if you're into that. Good. That's, <laughs> not you want to judge? Take, you want to take the first caller? Yeah, here? we'll just do the first caller. It makes it quick and easy. It's a race to the phone. All righty. 570-883-0098. 570-883-0098. Whoever's out there and feels like calling and scoring this killer deal that Dirty Derek round up for you from Southern Tier Brewing Company, just make it happen. That's awfully sweet of them to send yeah. some nice, nice stuff. Definitely. And that's really cool. And it's definitely good stuff. I love, like, when you get it, and you take a look at it, and it's like, this is quality. It's not, uh, this isn't, this is not something you're going to get in the dollar bin. Put it oh, that no. way. All right. 
Everybody just stepped on everybody and stopped. No, that's because I'm taken by all of the fine, uh, the fine um, colors here. And uh, Donnelly, how are we going to do this? Just give me number one. That one right there, Donnelly. Are we pulling them up? Yeah, we're pulling oh, them up like there's no tomorrow. That's how we roll here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour anymore. Going to be giving away some cool stuff and maybe getting your chance uh, to come up here in the studio. Maybe you're just driving by on a Sunday and you want to taste one of these fine beers that the boys are drinking here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. We'll meet you. We're going to fight you for them, though. Now, yeah. in, in, in uh, heritage of a Central European country, Ed, he is going to be the one that will have to frisk you before we bring you into the building. Oh, that's going to detract a lot of people. It might attract a lot of people. I'll tell you what, then, then definitely Low Spark was the Low Spark. Yeah, the High Heel Boys. Yeah, that's, what's, that's what's playing the, as Ed's frisking yeah. you down. That's, that's why next week I will be officially bringing the, the Beer Geeks Radio Hour rubber gloves. They will be for you, Ed. With heritage of a Central European country. <laughs> All right, here's our winner, fabulous Jonathan. Congratulations, man. We brought you up on the air with this Beer Geeks Radio Hour show. Hello, Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah, how you doing? Can you hear me? We can hear you now. All good, good, good. good. How's it going? We're living the dream, buddy. How are you? Awesome. Good, man. It's good to hear your show today. Uh, first, I just want to say, man, I'm a huge uh, beer uh, enthusiast. So um, nice. I, I kind of called. I was listening to the show. I got out of the car. I stepped back in the car. And as soon as I turned it on, I heard something about call us up. And I just got right on the phone. So that's good stuff. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're glad that you won. Maybe Derek will tell you what you won. Yeah, do, do you know what you're getting? Do you, you even know call? what the hell you're winning? <laughs> do you know where you are, Jeff? <laughs> You have won yourself a foot massage from Backyard Billy. Uh, that's a no-go on that. Hey. Yeah, you got yourself a really cool... Uh, Donnelly's giving me... She's in. <laughs> you got yourself a really good Southern Tier shirt, hat, bottle opener, some stickers for your fridge if that's your thing. So you're good to go, bud. Right on. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Jonathan. Kathy Donnelly's going to take all your information, and then uh, she'll let you know how you can pick up your um, wonderful package. One, pick up your package here at the radio station <laughs> during the week. And congratulations, and thank More you for watching. The Lis beer, uh, listening. Listen. Listening, yeah. Well, I'm watching, watching, that's a whole other man. problem. Again. You got it. Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Maybe stop down and see us at the Backyard Ale House one of these nights, all right? Yeah, the Backyard Ale House is in Scranton, correct? Downtown Scranton, buddy, right next um, to formerly known as Tanks. A very good friend of mine is the chef there, Jimmy Evans. I was a chef with Jimmy back in the back in the 2003 days. Chef Jim is awesome. We love him. And come He's see the him. man. Yeah. yeah, come on, stop down and see him. Yeah, for sure. I went to I graduated culinary school, and that's where I got a lot of like uh, you know introduced to a lot of awesome craft brews. And in fact, I'm I'm trying to put together a kit, man. I want to get into it. I'm gonna start brewing at the house. Um, there's a new there's a, a brewery that just opened in uh, Wilkes Barre. Excellent. Um, Upslope, yeah, uh, or North, North, uh, North Slope, yeah, 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 so good stuff. Man. Boy, you're on top of your game there, Jonathan. We'll probably hear a lot more from you on a Sunday. Yeah, listening to the beer. Sure. All right, man. Kathy D is going to take all your information. Thank you for listening, and uh, that's pretty good stuff there, man. Oh, it's always well, right he, I did. I'm putting him on hold. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> yes, I am, Kathy. All right, so we have another beer. Yay. Uh, we, we've cracked open... <laughs> Another phenomenal one. This is another seasonal from Southern Tier. Uh, this is their Harvest Ale, which is nice. It's a nice, uh, you know, English bitter. It's an English strong bitter. Uh, it's nice to see that kind of take on, on that. You know, the the fall beers tend to, you know, you see a lot of them as we talked about pumpkin. A lot of them get into being very spice oriented with a lot of, of things of that nature. But this is just a really solid English strong bitter with a 6.7% ABV. But it's, it's it's really nicely balanced. It's got a solid malt. Man, that's you know the English bitter style is much more malt forward. But it's really super easy drinking. And that's like for a nice fall beer, it's good to see someone kind of take it in that direction and not go into the standard pumpkin type thing. Which you know, I mean, a lot of people like to poo poo on the pumpkin style, but I, they can I, wear on your palate. That's the only thing. Yeah. The, the spice and yeah. everything else that comes with them, they can certainly wear on your palate. But and some of them kind of get into being more spice bombs than anything. Yeah, and that's yeah. really heavily what it is. And a lot of them, actually, when you we've talked about it before, when we did our pumpkin beer special, uh, you know, a lot of them actually wind up being spice beers and have no pumpkin in them, but they're going for a pumpkin pie taste, so they just 
put a ton of spices in it. Well, a pumpkin as itself doesn't add, tend to add it's a lot flavor of flavor. There's yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah. it'll unless add some roast. And, it'll add some mouthfeel yeah. unless you roast it. Then you get a little bit of caramelization, but otherwise you're getting nothing out of that. And that's what's funny when people say, "Oh, it tastes like pumpkin." Like, well, go bite a pumpkin <laughs> and tell me that's what it tastes like because there's nothing coming. Out. It's a squash. It's like there's nothing really there. So you have to like have that in, in mind when you're doing this. And that's what's nice with this is like cause, I, mean, I I love a good English bitter. There's nothing better like when you get to go overseas and sit down and have a pint and they, they just have a really good English bitter sitting there. They're just phenomenal beers. And then people, I remember the whole thing was, oh, it's room temperature and blah, blah, blah. It's like, eh, it's not. It's it's good beer. And it's like served the way it should be. It's from the cellar, and that's how it should be when you're getting an English bitter. That's just coming from a place where people say that of just being plain ignorant. <laughs> you know, Preach it, Billy. <laughs> I, I, you know, if, if, let me just say, if you're going to go someplace, do, do your homework. Like, find out why, when, and don't, why. Don't don't be just, the uh, ugly American that wants it to be the way that you want Americano. it. Yeah, yeah, like I want it to be the way I want it, and that's it. And if it's different, then you should make it like me. Like, no, you're not the center of the universe, <laughs> and that's not how the world works. So you have to remember that when you're going to different places. Well, and people usually say room temperature they just don't know they think 75 degrees yeah. it's cellar temperature yeah. in England and you're talking 50 55 yeah. degrees a big difference yeah it's it's nothing like cause I remember the first time I went over that's what I was told it was going to be like oh to get ready for warm beer and like okay and I had him like where's this warm beer that I'm being told about because it's none of this is that but uh, we just cracked open the 2x IPA this is Southern Tears double IPA on the Dustin was talking about is like a big seller for them um, really super popular especially in double IPA category a really sought after one that a lot of people have and love and it's great because you know the one thing I didn't get into is the distro but they, they have a pretty good distribution network set up so I mean they're in a lot of places um, but they have a really solid beer with this one because I mean it's got those it's like clean as a whistle yeah, it, it's extremely clean, and the balance in it is just perfect. But you get a more malt-forward feel to it, but the hops are there, but it's definitely all kept in check. It's not that kind of you know bitter beer face that some of them are going to give you or anything. It's not a hot punch or an aggressive beer by any means. It's just super easy drinking. And considering it's 8.2%, you get none of that coming through at all. So, I mean, this is one of those ones that can be a dangerous beer that really knocks you down and as i've said before you wind up on the floor with no pants on and uh, you don't know what happened <laughs> this is one of those beers we, we've all been there oh but actually i think have, have okay i think some <laughs> I of was you, there last night yeah that's what i was just gonna say a few guys few of you guys are coming back from that now <laughs> oh my god my pants are off mm. no one wanted to tell <laughs> you when you were getting out of your car Derek. Oh, spark <laughs> and that's the thing about southern tier too and not a lot of people know they're really not that far away it's a brewery you can actually hop up and visit and it's not what is it maybe two hours uh, not even no it's about four or five is it i Lakewood, thought it was like yeah it's western new york that's like just south of buffalo yeah, well, yes. Buffalo's only three hours, isn't it? No. I drive 95. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those subjective type things. It depends on who's driving. I mean, maybe by, like, you know, prop jet or something. Yeah. Or, you know. Florida's what, three hours? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like Rain Man with uh, travel. It's like Florida, nine hours. Well, England, nine it, hours. You know, sometimes Philly, you nine judge hours. it by Bravehearts. So it's about a brave heart and a quarter, Braveheart. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that the movie you bring every time you go on vacation? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, three-hour movie. Yeah. You got to it's, – it's actually a definition So every time you time. wind up somewhere, you're weeping like, he's freedom and yeah. the yoga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So we're now cracking open our last one. This is one of the ones you – know, like what I like to do when we're doing these is try to get some beers that aren't as readily available, that aren't really out there as much because it's it's also, you know, like, go to visit the breweries. Matt was saying, like, if you're listening locally, that is a good day trip. You can get up there and go visit them. Um, and they have a lot of great beers, like all the breweries. When you go get to the brewery itself, you're going to be able to get some beers that they don't distribute, that they don't put out that are brewery exclusives. But they're really good beers. Just because they're not readily available doesn't mean – they don't believe in it enough to put it out there. Sometimes it's just a cost thing that some of these beers cost so much to make that the volume they would need to, to get it into distribution, it just, it doesn't add up to them unless they want to have a charge like a really high number. And then it a lot of them, like, you know, it's not, they, they look at it as it's not fair for the consumer. Other breweries, you see, they don't really care and they're going to charge you and you're going to see the bottles that are super expensive to get some of them. That's usually, you know, due to the ingredients that they want to have to use and the equipment tied up because that's what I was saying to him. You know, they're playing the chess game. Some of these beers tie up the equipment for a long period of time. But all of that's being said, we, we cracked open a bottle of this is their Grand Arbor. It's a Saison, which is a style like I love, especially in the summer. It's one of the best styles of beer you can have. Like we've, we've done a Saison showcase on here before. How much more we can get into that. But 
a really solid Belgian style. It, it's really this the the yeast is what shines through when you're having a good saison. That taste that you associate with it it's is for the yeast. Yeah. yeah, maple syrup, baby. I think it's brewed maple. Yeah, syrup. it's brewed maple syrup too. Yeah, yeah, you really get that coming through. But it's re- it's really. It's just it's interesting and like a really good. I mean, you get that saison yeast mm-hmm. coming through, but that it's almost kind of like the maple syrup gives it like this round, candy coating shell almost. Yeah, but instead of being too dry, and it sweetness kind of mm-hmm. just balances it out. Nice spiciness, great mouthfeel. This is actually, I mean, it's it's perfect for summer, but it's actually a really good one to have in the fall too, as you get into it, because you see a lot of those yeah. maple types. It's a five tool beer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a really solid. And was eight eight percent even for this one too, which is another thing you see like a lot of traditional saisons. Um, you know, we had uh, blanket two roads. Yeah, we had two roads, and, and he had thank you. Uh, his like traditional saisons, like they're more around like four percent. They're really low. Did you get a chance to talk about it or no? To what? Oh. <laughs> but like he has like you know some really good like traditional saisons. Like that's you're gonna be a lot more lower in ABV, and you get to the American ones. And it's a lot more beefed up, a little bit higher than the ABV, up around like eight percent. You see that, and that's just you know the American take on it because we like things bigger. Yeah, well, I see zones in general. You yeah, play loose and fast. Huge, yeah, with it. Um, I mean, traditionally they're lower just because of what they were producing, but it really is whatever you want to make it. Yeah. So yeah, that's the one style. It's, it's it's interesting because there really is no set classification of what you're working in it because it was always up to whatever was available on the farm. Man. Well, y- y- you put it the best. It's like tofu. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, it, it could be whatever. It'll take on whatever it, ingredients yeah. it, you yeah. want, you know. And so. Well, this is like a really, if you can find this one, I don't know how much they have this distributed, if it, how widely it is available. I, I've seen things pop up I here and I've there. I think I've seen this on the shelf randomly yeah. here and there, so but I mean, not it, readily available. It, it, it's around, I mean, if you could find this one and you are in the Saisons, it's, it's a great take on it because that maple syrup really comes through nicely. And it's not overly sweet or sticky. It doesn't take away from the Saison. It it's really. Not like, it's not like Super Troopers where yeah. you're chugging like a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make reference. <laughs> you say it tastes like... You guys like Mexico? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you're not chugging uh, a maple, but, you know, maple yeah. syrup bottle. Yeah, well, it, the snozzberries do taste like snozzberries. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, it kind of comes through with like a really nice uh, backing note within it and everything. And uh, on backing note, uh, we're getting ready to wrap up. Getting down to the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Next week, our guest will be the wonderful, handsome me... Uh, I'm going to be up at Belgium. <laughs> Belgium comes to Cooperstown up at Brewery Oma Gang. I'm going to call in and kind of report back. If I'm able to function, I will preface with that. That's if uh, we don't burn the studio yeah. down. Yeah, it'll. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping you call in and can function. That would probably oh, be the best radio. Yeah, it might be one, yeah, it might be one to keep the dump button handy. <laughs> <as you're, laughs> I have no idea how it's going to be because it's going to be. I'm going to be up there from Friday all the way to Sunday. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Uh, I, I want to say it'll be memorable, mm. but I cannot stick to that <laughs> right now because I don't know if I'm going to remember any of it. Dirty Derek's first time reporting from the field. Yeah, I'm going to be the live doubts. reporter. This should be great. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. But we're gonna have a bunch of I have, I have a bunch of Belgian beers for you guys to have down here, so you'll be able to to drink along with me with some of the stuff we're having up there. So it'll be like you're there in spirit. But you don't have to sleep in a tent with me. <laughs> or be exposed to a whole day of great beer. Yeah, yeah it's, no, it's, a tough, it's a tough job. <laughs> well, in case you miss the guys, why don't you ask them for an article of their clothing to bring with you or something? <laughs> kind of like when you're transporting a puppy. Yeah, you know. I'll being s- that you're all worried about that, you're going to miss them next week and stuff while you're having all that Give fun. me a shirt. I'll put some hay in it, and I'll have you guys, like, you know, in the tent with me. <laughs> All right, man. You heard more low, low spark. <laughs> All right. All right. That's our cue to get the hell out of here. That was a fabulous, fabulous show. Great interview. Thank you very much, Dustin Hazer. I'm sure he's not listening anymore. He's probably back in bed. Most <laughs> be, people be are. Smarty would be. All right. That was good stuff. Thank you very much. We'll see you again next week on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.